The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you and insult you, and you reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As I said earlier, this is All Saints Sunday. According to our prayer book, it is one of six principal feasts of the church, meaning the most important of all. The others being Easter and its related day, Ascension, Christmas and its related day, Epiphany, the day of Pentecost, and then All Saints. Of all of those, All Saints is the one that has nothing to do directly with an event in Christ's life. But rather, it is a celebration of all who have embraced Christ and are now a part of his kingdom both in this world, in what we call the church militant, and in the next, which we know as the church triumphant. It is a day that exists to give encouragement and confidence and hope as we feebly struggle and they in glory shine. It is a day that exists to remind us that no matter what the struggles in this fallen world in which we live, that the victory has already been won and that victory will be perfected in our Lord's return and the establishment of the heavenly reign over all. That kingdom exists not only in the hereafter, but in the here and now. 
And that is what is emphasized by our Old Testament lesson today. The vision of Daniel is one that is frightening to him. It comes in a dream, and he sees in verses that are not part of our lesson today, and I can understand why, rather grotesque fig, uh, figures that arise out of the sea that is before the heavenly throne. And he wonders and he worries, what could this mean? But there is an attendant, an angel, that is there whom he asks. And that angel tells him the meaning of that dream and of that vision. Saying that four, the four beasts are four kingdoms that will arise. And after the fourth one arises, yet another kingdom, the kingdom of God, will come and be established forever and ever. It is reminiscent of uh, something several chapters earlier where King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream that frightens him. And Daniel is given the interpretation. And though the vision itself is different, the message is exactly the same. Four kingdoms followed by the kingdom of God. And if you look at history, you can see that this is not just a vision of some spiritual, mythological thing, but is actually a foretelling of future events. Because the first kingdom is the one that they were currently living in. It is the Babylonian Empire that took Israel into Israel to begin with. But they would be conquered by the Persians. And we know the story of Cyril, who permitted the Jews to return to their homeland. But Persia was then conquered by Alexander the Great, and a Greek hegemony was established over that part of the world. And they finally were replaced by the power of Rome, the most powerful one of all. Now, there's some verses missing from our Old Testament lesson today. If you notice in the bulletin, it, it shows a break between verse 3 and verse 15, and I told you what some of that's about is the grotesque description of these beasts. But then it goes on to something that really, I think, is an important part of this message. It was left out so as not to detract from the interpretation of these four kingdoms that would come. But the timing is found in the verses that are not there. So let me read them to you. It says, As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. 
might hear a hymn ringing in your ears here. <laughs> uh, the court was seated and the books were opened. And then I continued to watch because the boastful words the horn was speaking. And I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beasts had been stripped of their authority but were allowed to live for a period of time. And in my vision I looked. And there before me was one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and the kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. My uncle was an Old Testament scholar, and he spent a great deal of time looking at these prophecies of the end times. But one of the big points that he makes in a book that he wrote about Daniel's prophecies is that this vision that we see here of the Son of Man coming in the clouds is not, as we normally think of it, the second coming of Christ as he descends from heaven, but rather this is the view from heaven as Jesus ascends to return to the Godhead after his death and resurrection. And what happens at that point? He is given authority, glory, and sovereign power over all peoples, nations. All come to worship him. In other words, this is the establishment of God's kingdom. Jesus takes his throne at the ascension as he goes back to the Godhead and is seated at the Father's right hand. From that moment on, the kingdom of God will begin to replace the kingdoms of this world. Now, that is an event in history. It is not in the sweet by and by. The establishment of God's kingdom, the one that Daniel sees a vision of, is now being fulfilled at the very height of Roman power. It took 300 years, it took a lot of martyrs, and it took a lot of faithfulness on the part of all those who followed our Lord Jesus Christ. But eventually, Rome itself was converted. And the kingdom of Christ has continued to grow to this very day. 2,000 years, Christ has reigned among the people who have called upon his name. How does that wonderful hymn go? In the cross of Christ I glory, towering o'er the wrecks of time. We're talking about kingdoms that have come and gone, come and gone, come and gone, and yet the kingdom of Christ endures. And not only endures, but grows. It may not be growing very much in this country at the moment, but it's growing like crazy in Africa and in Asia and even in South America. 
It's in that context that I think we need to hear the epistle lesson today. Because Paul is talking about we who are the subjects of that kingdom of Christ. The ones who know him as our Lord and as our King. And he prays that we might be strengthened in that. That relationship with Christ that is marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He goes on to say that he is praying that we may know what is the hope to which he has called us and the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints and the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the workings of his great power. And then Paul gets to talking about the kingdom of Christ when he says, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. He has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the church, the fullness of him who fills all in all. All Saints Sunday exists to hold that vision in front of us because it can be tough in this world. There are many forces at work that contradict the power and the authority of God and try to establish themselves as demanding our total loyalty. But the kingdom of Christ is made up of those who hold our loyalty to Christ above all earthly authority. And it will come into conflict from time to time. The conflict that we face today, particularly in our society, is an increasing secularization, a tendency to try to push religious discussion and religious thought more and more into the private sphere and out of any public discussion whatsoever. In that sense, we are finding ourselves more like those early Christians. And we will need to meet that challenge much the way they do, by simply living faithfully in the face of much that is unfaithful to the ways of God. As we do that, as we show forth that faithfulness and the power of that loyalty to Christ alone above all, people will be able to see its power at work in the world and eventually will come to embrace him and the power of his truth. This is what we celebrate today. This is what we pray for today. That God will hold that vision in front of us and that we will know 
that we are not only empowered by Christ, but encouraged by that great cloud of witnesses, those faithful people that we have known that brought us to faith somewhere along the way, those people that in their faithfulness endured and have now won the crown of life, a crown that awaits us as well as we continue to walk that way of Christ. Amen.